Welcome to True Crime Oddities. Welcome, everyone. We're your host. I'm Jen. And I'm Jeannie. And it's Halloween time. It is. <laughs> glorious, glorious Halloween time. We're going with a Halloween argument. I know. I can hardly wait. And we're headed to Dublin. Woohoo! Indiana. Uh-huh. I know. I Sorry. thought we were going international. So did I. No, Dublin, Indiana. Crazy. Yeah. You know what? As you'll see, if you listen to all of our podcasts, which we hope you are subscribing yes. and following. That'd be awesome. Uh, then you're going to find that Indiana has also been a theme this month. I don't know why. That was not planned. Maybe they have a lot of Halloween spirit. Is that what you're calling it? Yes. Okay. Spirit well, or spirit. We'll go with that. Okay. Uh, this, uh, this is one of, you know, quite a few in Indiana. Right. <laughs> but I did get very excited. When I saw Dublin, I was like, sweet. And then it also made me think, do they do Halloween in, in Ireland? You know, I don't know. Yeah, see, it's a good, it's a, it is, it's a good thing. It's a to, good thing to see if it's an international. Yeah, I'm not sure. So this is set in 1910. And, you know, I kind of have a question for everybody on this one, which is kind of our oddity. Um, this one is very similar to the, I'm going to say it wrong, like hog or hag. Uh-huh. It's two A's in it, though. Yeah. Murder. That also happened in Halloween on Halloween, which is not part of our series, this no. one. Um, but it was in a butcher shop that's not that far away. And it's very similar to the one that we're going to be doing. So I'm wondering, like, should we also do that one? It wouldn't be during Halloween time, and we've already kind of mentioned it. But uh, we could add it for, like, next month. We could. You know, kind of, we like, could. reference it. Yep. Um, just because this one does get brought up... Uh, for During some reason, yeah, yeah, when talking about this one. So this one has, um, the Carnies are involved in this one. David and Sally Carney. Um, they own a store, uh, and it's one of those where um, you live at the store as well, like you live in the back of it. Oh, so, like, I think a lot of them did that then. Yeah, like the front is the store and the back is where yeah. they live. Um, he's David's just, he's 39, he's a owner of a store i'm sure at that time considered old because it's 1910 <laughs> like she's, a dinosaur yeah she's described as an old woman um that's really sick oh um, my gosh. she's described as being small but sick <laughs> and they've been married for about nine years and have eight children well so, i would be sick too if i had been married nine years and had eight children <laughs> yeah. so you know they've been busy yes um and they live in dublin um and like I said, they live behind their store. The store is their livelihood. Mm-hmm. Um, and lately, it's been rumored that Sally and David have recently been fighting a lot, and and they've been arguing a lot. Really, over an alleged affair that David is having with a younger woman. Oh, that's not good. Yeah. That, so no. Keep that in the back of your head. So it's Halloween night, and this is on a Monday, and it's about nine p.m. Now, the Carnies, even though they have all these children, mm-hmm. this is their livelihood. So they're working. Right. Um, they were just closing up the store, and they had the last few customers that were, like, left in their store. So it's kind of like a general store? Yeah, it's a very general one. Um, there's nothing mentioned that they, like, just special in one thing or another. Mm-hmm. You can kind of go there for cigarettes, drinks, whatever. Nice. I don't know. I don't even know if they did cigarettes. I'm just throwing that in. I need the drink if I had eight children. <laughs> um, I think they did sell cigarettes there. But uh, 
Along with other stuff. So David right. and Sally have this routine. And so the routine that they do is when they're going to count the money um, for, at the end of the day, uh-huh. and they walk up the store, um, they take the money out, David locks the store, and he locks up the front, and they count the money in the back in their house, basically. Yeah, I could see that. They probably take it in the house and just put it on the kitchen table. and Pretty much. And apparently as they, like, go, they're, like, basically shopping in their own store. They usually grab, like, a bag of peanuts and take it back there with them, and then they count their money eating their peanuts. Why not? Right. So this is what they've done. But then all of a sudden there's a knock at the door. And, again, the door is shut. They've closed. Um, but the person is requesting they just want to buy some some tobacco so not cigarettes but the tobacco for it right okay so of course since it's their livelihood they're like i mean it's just tobacco right why not yeah open up the store probably good profit right so he opens up and right when he did this man stepped in very quickly with a revolver pointing at john oh no yeah like that's not good i mean david yeah (laughs) i don't know why i call him john Anyway, points it right at him. So David immediately tries to defend himself, and he, like, swats the gun. He, like, hits the gun to the side, which causes a shot, one of the shots to go off. Mm -hmm. Um, And it went through his pinky finger. Oh, Like, shot his, basically shot his finger off. So David starts fighting with this intruder. He's grabbing him at the throat. He's being pushed against the counter. And then a second man comes into the store. Oh, no. So Sally, at this point, she's hearing all these intruders, right? So she comes out. She Uh comes out swinging. Like, she comes out and she starts throwing, like, well, they they called it pop. But she starts throwing soda cans. Right. At these intruders. Um, And she ends up, when she's throwing one of the bottles... Um, they start shooting off at her. She ends up getting hit. Um, she hits one of the guys in the head with the soda pop bottle. That's a good arm. So yeah, for being labeled as like sickly and small, like she's, she's got a little spite in her, right? Uh, package of dynamite. Yeah. So David starts to run towards the rear of the store. Um, and cause she's in the back. She's just like throwing this stuff though. Right. Um, so he starts running towards the back, towards her, to get into their home. And as he's running, he got shot in the back. Oh. And the fatal shot was directly through his heart. It killed him instantly. Um, That's too bad. So at this point, you know, now Sally. And I'm also thinking that Sally was really, like, a lot into her because she has eight kids. Right. You know, so. No, I, she's a tough cookie to have that many kids and be running the store and Mm -hmm. everything yeah exactly so the intruder starts firing a shot at sally uh, but they aim the gun a little too high they missed her and they hit the rear of the store instead you can see like where the bullet went into the wall right sally still does not give up like she's not running into her house and like shutting a door she then grabs a hammer and starts going after them and um, at this point, they both ran in this, ran out of the store. They, this part, I kind of giggled at it. They ran in and they got into their buggy. <laughs> and then they took off really fast in the buggy. Clank. <laughs> I'm just trying to picture speeding off in a buggy. Right. I mean, you would think there would be two horses out there or something, but, you know. Yeah. 
I but when you say buggy, I picture like an Amish buggy. That's what know? I was picturing too, like little trots. <laughs> do, 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 do. Like you could probably run as fast as it's going, right? Kind of deal. Yeah, that's exactly what I was picturing. Um, so she's pretty distraught. Her husband is dead, lying in their store. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just everything that she went through, and she's sick. So I'm sure a lot of this took. It took a lot out of her. I would think it would. She's pretty distraught, so she calls her neighbor, um, like literally calls him on the phone, and his name is his name is also John. Oh, that's where I got confused with the John because he's a John. Anyway, calls Aren't they John. All Johns. I know, <laughs> and informed him that David was murdered. So John immediately comes on over. Okay, but I wonder how far the neighbor was. That's what I would like to know. How far away is this neighbor? Because when you say neighbor. It could be like a mile. Right. Because I was thinking, you know, because like you think neighbor here where they're right next door. Right. And like, so nobody hears all the ruckus, but they could hear the ruckus of the fighting between Mm -hmm. them, but they couldn't hear all the gunshots and everything going on in the store. No, nobody could hear that. Mm. Um, Convenient. Yeah. I kind of get the idea that this is like a general store off of a quote unquote like a highway or whatever you want to call a buggy way a buggy way um Um, kind of in the middle of maybe it was along the trail of right traveling from town to town that's the impression i get Mm -hmm. and and you'll see why when we get into it a little bit on why i think it's that way um and i'm not sure why she decided to contact her neighbor john um to let him know that david was murdered and for john to come on over Mm -hmm. i don't know if what the thought process was there other than the fact of maybe, and this was not noted. So I'm just, I'm going on a whim here. I'm going to assume, I don't know why, but I'm going to assume that John is married and maybe has a wife and she was calling not just for her neighbor, John to come on over, but could have been friends with the wife to have some assistance with the kids. Cause the kids are, are honestly not even brought up other than the fact that they have eight of them. No, um, or maybe she wanted John because she was afraid of him coming back or something like that. And he would be the closest to get there. Right. Possibly. Because um, they didn't have 911 then. No. So you, you would not actually like, have to connect to get to an, uh, the police station. Right. And yeah. I mean, we don't know how far that was. We kind of get into it a little. So this is where we're going to find a little discrepancies. Oh, okay. Yeah. So john arrives and he finds sally kneeling over david in the in like the dining room area that's like how far he got yeah he got um and of course she has she has blood on her i mean well yeah i'm sure she was like sobbing over and on her husband correct um so he asked her exactly what had happened and so she informs him of like these two and she she calls them masked men that came in and shot her husband so she has like a really great like a really, really good description. Mm-hmm. Not only was she like throwing bottles, but she was really taking note of what everybody looked like. So the police didn't get notified until like two hours later after this happened. But I wonder why. Right. Because it, is it because they couldn't get through or is it that they had to wake them up? Is it, you know, this kind of so many questions. It does because this actually did not work in her favor because a lot of people had this question. Why did it take Sally so long to contact the cops, but yet she contacted John immediately? Yeah. Right? Okay. So the police or some of those John's kids. Right. So the police arrive and Sally's able, like I said, she gives this description of the masked men. Mm-hmm. So one had blue overalls with a black coat and a hat. 
with a red bandana, like a handkerchief tied yep. across his nose and his mouth, like as a mask. So that's one guy. And then the other intruder was described, the way he's describing as being a masked man, it's like he was wearing goggles, but like they didn't, they didn't have goggles basically back then. They didn't describe it as I wonder goggles. if they had like welding goggles or, you know, yeah. something like that. Something like that. It was, it was kind of like a, um, like the blacks, the way that this was described was that it was like a black ski mask, but only like the top portion of your face. Like it didn't cover the bottom part. Uh-huh. It was very odd the way it was described. Um, but he was wearing a light colored coat with brown overalls. First off, I just love the fact that nobody thinks anybody changes. Like, <laughs> right. I mean, it's great that she had like such a description, but I also feel like this is like a description that could relate to a lot of different people. Uh, almost every man in town. Yeah, right? exactly. So the next day, so she tells the story to the cops and, and this is what they're going off of. So the next day, they actually found a mask like in the road near their storehouse. Interesting. Like, on the ground. Right. They also found the bullet that was lodged into the staircase of the house which was the bullet that had missed Sally because she was telling them, like, they were shooting at me. So the police were able to see all of that. Right. So her story's adding up. It's adding up. They also found the tracks that proved that the buggy was there in the direction that it went because you could tell from, like, the, the in marks on the dirt. Okay. Um, and, again, this is Halloween. Right. So, you know, it was cold. <laughs> Yeah, I would think the ground had was soft. And... Right. So they could tell the direction that it was going in to the point that you could tell that um, they were able to tell that it was a small horse that had one shoe recently re- replaced. Um, Interesting. And it was a steel tire buggy. And the officers were able to follow these tracks for about three miles and then the track was lost. Interesting. Yeah, that was like a lot of stuff that they That got. was a lot of info. Just on the buggy. Yeah. That was good police work back then. <laughs> so the police did come to the conclusion that they felt that there was at least three people, not just the two people involved with this murder. Why well, I think one was left in the buggy waiting. Yep. Mm-hmm. They had their driver. In the getaway buggy. Yes. And then the other two were in the store. So the police had witnesses that saw the man even pass the store. Because, again, this is Halloween. There were, there were people that were out that night. Mm-hmm. And they did see, like, people, you know, coming and going so they said that they saw these men pass the store they turned around and they came back to the store and that's where they stopped interesting but here's the kicker there's nothing stolen so like why were the men there so they thought maybe this is like a revenge murder oh because the carnies were also known to have a revolver in their house within reach i don't really feel like in 1910 this is like so far off that I, I, I kind think of, everyone had a revolver yeah, or right? some type of weapon. You would think so. I mean, it's, you know. But due to the tempers and all these past arguments, Sally was the one they immediately suspected of murdering her husband. Even though there's buggy tracks for three miles, they found the ski mask laying out in the middle of the road, they have witnesses saying that they found all these people, they're still accusing her of being the one. Well, they think she masterminded. You no, know. they actually thought that she's the one that like shot him. That she's making so what up about all, of all this. The, but they have the evidence right. of the buggy and all that stuff and the ski mask and everything. Exactly. Hmm. So they end up 
charging her with murder in the first degree, and she was taken, even though she's sick, she was taken to the county jail. But what about all of her kids? Okay, well, we're going to get into the kids. So she requested a... Habeas corpus? Yeah, she just wanted to, like, get this done and over with, right? Right. So... If I'm not mistaken, that's just when the judge hears, like your judge is your your mm-hmm. your jury as well. Correct. Okay, so the judge hears the case, and he decides, you know, if it's strong enough to warrant the charge. But she did get released on this $10,000 bond and an indictment for the first-degree murder from a grand jury was returned on, in January. So oh. this kind of went on for a while. You know, but I'd like to know who was on that grand jury. Right. You know? Like, seriously. Probably all men. More than likely. So in February, being under the bond, she returns to court. And there's all this court evidence that's presented, as well as her sick condition. Like, hello. Like, she's not running around just shooting people. She's really sick. Well, and it's interesting because when they describe her, I mean, she's really small in stature and all Mm -hmm. this stuff. And so, I don't know. Yeah. So all of this gets presented, um, and the way that it's described, there's a lot of sympathy for her because she's sick. Right. But everyone still believes that she is the one who murdered her husband. But we have to feel bad for her because she's sick. Um, The judge heard all of this evidence presented with, you know, like both sides, and a few days later he ended up releasing her. Well, you know, because I was sitting there, I was thinking, so they were talking about the fact that nothing was taken. Well, that's because the money was already in the back of the house. Exactly. You know, so there wasn't anything there to To take. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And because they didn't make it that far. No, they didn't. No. And, you know, Sally was coming in hot, too. Right. You know, I mean, she is described as being sick, and I do get that. Um, but you know, when you have your adrenaline going and you're trying to protect your family, um, I feel like that's a very different than like what you're going to all of a sudden get adrenaline when your husband closes the store to go ahead and murder him at that moment. Like why that moment? I think like the adrenaline, like she heard what was going on. It's kind of like, you know, the people that are able to lift the cars and stuff like that. I think that it's another part of your brain that kicks in and just, Mm -hmm pumps the juices out and you're you're able to do this stuff yeah i i definitely agree and the judge seemed to as well because he ended up releasing her the sad thing is is in february of 1911 Mm -hmm. um so this is the following year she she ends up suffering a nervous breakdown um and that resurfaced because she did have like a an injury with her spine and she had an infection in her lungs so Hmm. her condition just started worsening and worsening she did seek out homes for her five children um the other three i'm not sure where they went off to because it just described the three i mean the five so i don't know she just only took care of the younger ones and because that was also popular back then yeah um so in july of 1912 um she had her 10 year old and her five-year-old daughters um she had two that were around the same age um they were given to Basically, like a foster care or whatnot, right? Um, but it was called the the Jay County Board of Children's Guardians, and they got adopted out. Turns out that she had tuberculosis of the spine and hips. Oh, um, and she ended up dying in January nineteen thirteen. A few years from you know from then, obviously. Um, you know what? Uh, so this is just sidebar. I was thinking. So how come they didn't look at the mistress? 
the person who he was supposed to be having the affair with, right? right? Because how do you know she wasn't scorned? Because, like, A, she could have been knocked up, mad that he wasn't leaving her, and felt like, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, you don't know. Right. Um, what's really heart-wrenching on this, too, and this is why it also is still, like, really unbelievable that they even arrested her and made her go through this entire process which is sad because she ended up dying and having to adopt out her children before her death. Right, because I would think that that is, you know, exasperated her, her you know, uh, condition. Mm-hmm. You know, with all the stress, it just really probably got it, you know, made it so much worse. Right, right. So what's really sad about it is that one of their children witnessed this entire murder. Mm. That's was sad. right there because, of course, when all of this was going on, it awoke one of the kids mm-hmm. to come out and, like, look. Um, so, you know, that's why it also kind of boggles my mind that, like, you also have a child that was there. Like, you know, all right, I guess you're just maybe assuming that they're covering for their mom. Like, uh, yeah, especially with all this, like, witness proof. Like, I don't know how much more proof you needed. (laughs) So I had brought up the hag murder earlier. Right. So what's really crazy about this is that the way that this murder had happened was pretty similar to the butcher butcher shop murder of the hag murder. Um, And that was, like, maybe a few miles away. It wasn't that far. But they didn't put, like... It but seemed you to be a think. thing. It was on Halloween then, and this one was on Halloween as well. Right. So, that, I don't know. Right, that's interesting. Right. You know, because then you think, so is there a serial killer out there? Yeah. So, they did kind of have a lead on this. There was a man named Tom Gilland, mm-hmm. and he was to be, like, a person of interest to the police for the murder of David. Interesting. And it was alleged that he was the leader of a gang. Ooh. Okay, not the gang you're thinking of. What? It was a gang of chicken thieves. Oh. Now, I'm not sure if in their shop they sold chickens as well. I would kind of think so, I think. Because it, it sounded more like a general store. But considering the butcher shop is the one that got attacked before then, which I would think a butcher shop would have chickens. And if they sold chickens, and this guy is the leader of the gang of chickens... Maybe there's a connection. Maybe. So the police actually took a photograph of Tom with only the bottom portion of his face being shown. Because remember how I described like like one of them? It was like a ski mask, but the bottom part was cut off. So you could see like the person's mouth or beard or any part of the bottom. You just couldn't, like it's just the upper part that was right. covered. So before Sally had passed away, they actually took a picture of Tom And just showed her the bottom portion to see if she recognized just the bottom of his face since that part was exposed. (laughs) Uh, Sally couldn't say for sure. I don't know if I could say for sure, too. Like, I'm not like, no, I'm not looking that much hard. Like, unless it's like some crazy distinctive beard. Like, you have a big old mole on that side, you know, something. Yeah. Um, Tom was already like, He was already spending time in jail for, like, another crime that he did anyway, but they figured they wanted to try to, like, tack this on. And why did they assume he was the top half of the, and not the other guy with everything covering? Yeah, I felt like that was interesting as well. They just immediately went for that one. Um, Sally and David ended up getting buried next to each other. Um, 
and it's it's really unsure like what went on like for her children mm-hmm. for that time after because it's kind of hard to track that much right um but it would be interesting if we went ahead and like maybe did one on the hag murder i think we should i didn't really investigate like i didn't do a lot of research into that one to see how many similarities there are but i am kind of curious was this no, also like at night right on halloween you know, was it like probably the three guys again with like the buggy action going on? Well, like, okay, because I'm thinking. So they said it was a small horse that one that had one shoe yep. fixed and on the steel. Well, if it was a small horse and it's pulling a buggy mm-hmm. with three men in it, that's a lot. That's a lot of weight. It's a lot of weight. So how far did they get with? And so I would yeah. have to think it. Whoever did it, it is right around in that area. Yeah, definitely for sure. I mean, they were able to track it for three miles, but I also feel like three miles could have been where your next neighbor was at. That's true. Like, you never know. I know. Did you go look at the farm there to see, like, if they had the horse with one shoe? Maybe we'll do the hag. Yeah. And if I'm saying that wrong, sorry. Yeah. If you listen to the podcast, I don't know how to pronounce things. Sorry, not sorry. (laughs) I'm very horrible at it. (laughs) Exactly. Anyway. Yeah. That is our Halloween argument. Ooh. We appreciate you joining us. We do. And if you haven't already, um, just we are trying to, you know, get up with the times. We've started a TikTok account. Some of us. <laughs> uh, I don't know how well that's going, um, but we're, we're going we'll have to, to talk to our IT person about yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> we're, 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 we're attempting all of this. Yes. So um, we're having fun. Yes, we are having fun. We're also on YouTube. Haven't done anything there yet, but... No, but it's coming soon. It's coming soon. We do appreciate a follow, a review, a like, uh, just anything. Subscribe. That'd be awesome. We appreciate all of it. Yeah. Anyway, that was it for this story of Halloween. Yeah, it's all good. Catch you on the next one. See ya. Bye.